what it do guys this is the connection podcast welcome everybody to the connection podcast where in just under an hour we are going to dive into the bible and come full circle with god and his word, word. i almost messed that up i was about to say dive into the circle <laughs> something i don't know what i was saying there also that was a weird I'm finger point weird little, little finger guns right there to the cameras. Hey, if you guys are tuning into this episode uh, for the first time, welcome. First time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we hope you guys are going to enjoy this episode. It's going to be packed full of great it. content for you. Um, we are in a series called The Sixth Man, Sixth Part Man. Two. Easy's part two. <laughs> whispering sweet nothings into your ear. Uh, we're going to be. we're gonna be talking about moses and joshua today and uh but hey thank you guys for listening everyone who's been listening continuously we thank you for the support continue to tag us comment like subscribe i don't even know if we're doing that yet on the youtube stuff but hey (laughs) we'll do it soon if not now then when right notification bell hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode it'll be like subscribe hit the notification bell click here (laughs) and if you are if you're not watching on youtube then you're probably just thinking we are uh crazy but that's fine (laughs) so (laughs) no go check it out on youtube go look at the video because you'll see what we're talking about from the comforts of my apartment living room so noah we might be making pb and j sandwiches who knows you never know (laughs) so noah yeah yeah let's get into it let's do it because we're gonna we got a lot of content for you guys today on moses and joshua about the sixth man so we're going to, we are going to be in the book of Deuteronomy. Um, we're going to be starting in chapter 31, chapter 31, verses 1 through 8, and then we're going to skip down to 23, and then we're also going to include chapter 34, verse 9. You guys will understand why um, as I read this. So really, this is going to be the, the transitioning point between Moses and Joshua. So starting in verse 1 of chapter 31, then Moses went out. And spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. Ooh, what a threat. Sihon and Og sounds like a dope taco plate. (laughs) Can I get the number five, Sihon and Og? Og. (laughs) Verse five. The Lord will deliver them to you and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse seven. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then we're going to skip down to verse 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. There's a, there's a theme here. Listen, be strong and courageous, for you will bring Isra- the Israelites into the land. I promised them an oath, on oath, and I myself will be with you. So after this happens, now we go into Moses recounting the story of Israel. Um, Moses sings a song. Easy, you should write a song based on on that. What? (laughs) Moses sings a song in this? Moses has a long song about the whole history of whatever things happened and like what happens if they don't obey God. I didn't know you was spitting that flame. (laughs) It's on Apple Music. 
on Apple Music. Spotify, though. <laughs> uh, Moses then blesses the tribes of Israel. Moses sees the promised land, which is very interesting. Like, God takes him up on the mountain and says, here's the promised land. Oh. That's messed up. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of like... By the way, before you die, here's the promised land. Yeah. yeah like, uh, very interesting. No, you know what? That's actually... I think... I know that sounds messed up, but like, this is a, a different... I think I know where you're going. As a different topic, like a leader that has a vision and is like uh, giving it to someone, uh, sees it and sees the, the vastness of yeah. it, but he doesn't know the details of it. And that's where he goes and says, all right, Joshua, handle those details. Woo! Yeah. Like, that's good. Lead it now. Yeah. Like, this is just the idea. Yeah. Kind of like this episode or like this thing that I came up like you know, brought to the table was yeah. like, oh, let's do this. And then Noah's like, all right, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> and just like gets down to it, you know? And so. I think I, this, is, this is really interesting aside kind of tangent here, but the fact that God does show Moses the promised land, like it's, yeah. God's like proof. Yeah. Like, I, it, I'm good true. to my word. Yeah. Like even before Moses dies and Moses was probably just like, I don't even care. Like I've seen you part the Red Sea. I've seen you do all these crazy things. Like I'm good. You know, at the end of Moses's life, I'm sure he's like, great. Like, that's awesome. God's faithful. I've seen you be faithful, but like, you're just reiterating the proof of how good you are, God. And so, I think, hold up, get this mic. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I also feel like, all right, hey, I feel like part of him probably was a little sure. distraught. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of like, and I think that. Just knowing that he, there was a part of him that was feeling like, dang, this sucks, mm -hmm. makes him more human for us and relatable yeah. for us because, and that makes a great leader, knowing that like, okay, like, you know what, like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to see the fruits of this, but it doesn't matter. It's for a bigger purpose exactly. and it's not about me. It's about continuing the kingdom. So it's like, so you got Joshua and he didn't act out of envy, but he was like, you know what, this sucks. Yeah, it does. But. We got to keep going on. Show, show keeps going on. Switch the mic over. Also, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you notice that we only have two mics, so we have to switch back and forth. More coming soon. We are working slowly, on it. we're working on it, slowly but surely. Hey, bless us. <laughs> Amazon wish list. All right, so uh, after Moses sees the promised land and then Moses dies, um, kind of up on the mountain with God. It's very interesting, I, I think. Um, so now going down to, what is this? Thir uh, 34, chapter 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Okay, so again, if you guys listened to the last episode, um, we talked about three different elements that are, kind of be, that are going to be the key for each uh, a leader, each person. And those are preparation, responsibility, and legacy. Each sixth man, correct. So um, let's dive into Moses real quick. Um, number one, preparation. So what I, as I was studying this, what I, what I found was that God's preparation is sometimes hidden. And I'm gonna let you guys kind of talk about this um, in a second after I read Hebrews 11:23, where it says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So what do you guys think? God's preparation is sometimes hidden. It has to be. I mean, look at the story of Jesus. Sorry, took over the mic from you, Oscar, my bad. But like, look at the story of Jesus. Like, 
and that's why so many so many preachers will, will preach on this that like an idea or a vision or something like that that comes from God and it's in an infant form it has to be protected because like it's not yet I know it's weird to say because it comes from God but it's not yet strong enough or like wise enough to like hold its own yeah so like exactly exactly so like our dreams or like our visions or something like that that we receive from God is the same exact way. Yeah. So like with Moses, I was sharing earlier that like, um, you know, I'll get into it, but like the fact that his parents had the faith to be like, Oh shoot. Like this kid's definitely got something in him. Like we need to like save him. So his preparation just happens to be in the house of the person and being a stepbrother that he's going to end up, you know, uh, going against. Yeah. And like the fact that he's with that person for so long and knows him like brothers. And then yet he's coming to him and saying, if you don't do this and don't listen to God, God's going to end up doing this. Yeah. So like for Moses, I think that's why he's like one of the first leaders that God chose to really lead his people in a way out of something because of the fact that he was born in or not born, but like in a situation where he was with the wolves at first and then, you know, was taken out by God and then came back to the wolves, Yeah, you know, to save his people. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Um, yeah, I think it is necessary to go, um, in in dark times and be be uh preparing in those times because in joshua's case it's it's so crazy because this is why it makes me think about how we should really love our leaders and honor our leaders because because they're in the forefront and it's and they're representing stuff and we're just like when you're in the in the hidden stage it's so easy to grow in that stage because you get to learn from your leader's mistakes and you don't and you're like oh shoot like now Joshua, he saw Moses' mistakes and he was able to enter the promised land like nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have to go through all the stuff that Moses did. But Joshua, like, but Joshua, he didn't have the weight for, uh, of the people looking at him at that moment when Moses kept messing up. But he was able to learn because he was always close to his leader and stuff. And like, um, and I think that's why it's very important to like develop in those times because you, you should like honor your leaders in those times, but also like God is trying to show you, okay, like you can mess up also in these times and you won't have the pressure of people looking at you. And it's like a safe zone. God is like yeah. guarding you and stuff. Yeah. Now with that, I think it's cool that you brought up Jesus because that's the first thought that came to mind as far as um when he was first baptized, he, of course he went out to the desert and it was pretty much a time for him to uh, focus just be with God without distractions and I feel like that's what we need sometimes because when God calls us sometimes he wants to let us know pretty much prepare us like we were saying just what the plan is going to be and during that time pretty much Jesus and God were planning out his ministry for the next mm-hmm. few years you know so that's why I think it's so um so key like you were saying to go out there because it's so infant and you need to like spend that time with God really getting an understanding of what it is that he's calling you to do that's good all right. Number two, responsibility. Um, from this, we learn that personal greatness does not make a person immune to error. Or an easier way to say this is that just because God has called you to something great doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. Yeah. 
right? There are uh, mistakes that we're going to make along the way. And we see this with Moses quite a bit. Um, Numbers 20, chapter 20, verses 11 11 to 12 says, Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock, struck the rock. That's a weird thing to say for some reason. Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as, a, as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Yeah. So easy, you had something on this to begin with. <clears throat> um, well, <clears throat> where you mentioned in the key points of this with responsibility of personal greatness does not make a person immune to error. Sometimes when we're in preparation to being a leader of something, we think that we have to be like perfect to the T before God even uses us. us. And, And like, and that's the thing is like with someone that is going, that is in the process of being shaped and molded to now be on, to be the leader. Um, without even knowing sometimes you feel something like in your heart. And that's where I think this comes in where Moses never knew really God until he had his mountainside experience. But like he also, God is just so good in the way that he worked in him, even when he was living a lavish lifestyle in Egypt as the stepson of Pharaoh and he's like walking the streets and chilling. And then all of a sudden he sees like an Egyptian beaten on this Israelite and Moses, you know, is like, that's not right. Like that's not, that's not right. So he tries to do something, you know, out of the goodness of his heart, but without God, he ends up making a huge mistake. Yeah. And like he, again, he doesn't know his purpose just yet, but he knows that there's that there's something bigger for him than just, you know, being in the palace. And that's what the thing is like. That's that moment, I think, with a lot of leaders that experience that tugging inside and they come at him like God comes at us like quietly and is just like, you know, trying to pull us into a certain thing. So that's why some of us feel certain ways about certain ministries or certain like situations um, with people or things like that. And he ends up killing that guy, but then he goes into, but like he does it without God and then goes into hiding, you know, because he's, because you're so ashamed of like the mistake that you made and you're kind of (laughs) like, it's kind of like embarrassment of, like you stuck your neck out too far and you got exposed. And as a leader, that's happened to me plenty of times where I ended up sticking my neck out a little too much, got exposed in a weakness. And then I'm like, oh, I wasn't ready. Yeah, that's good. But then I'm realizing, you know, doing this, I'm realizing, oh my goodness, it's not about being ready. It's about getting to be ready. Learning. Learning. It's the preparation. And then with that comes that responsibility of like knowing that I'm going to make mistakes and like I'm going to have these issues that pop up. And when I go to God, when I go into my dark time or like when I go into hiding, that's when I learn so much more. Yeah. Because I learned things that I never did. And that's exactly why. God with a lot of leaders kind of puts them in like a moment of solitude yeah, for a bit because 
he has to work within them without even really touching them or doing anything directly, you know? So. Yeah, that's good. Um, What I like about this point uh, of, um, that we have here of, uh, uh, responsibility. I like, I like, man, just the six man. We're talking about the six man, right? And it's so crazy because the six man comes off the bench and he takes the load off of the people who are our starters and he takes the load and responsibility of like, okay, now it's your responsibility to continue forward the momentum that's already gone, you know? And and I think when I read these verses here, the best verse that comes to mind when I read uh, Deuteronomy is, um, is chapter 31, verses 7 through 8, where it says, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all Israel. That's so important because basically he's carrying, we see that Moses has the responsibility upon him. He has the focus of the people and he shifts it over to the people. And it's so important because he called all Israel in order to do that, to let them know like here, like the focus, the weight of this is being handed over now. Like like Joshua is gonna be the next man up. Like he's, he's the sixth man essentially, you know? And then he says, be strong and courageous for you must go with the people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. That was the responsibility to give them. And you must divide it among them as there, as there. Um, I'm assuming there should be an S there or but I don't know. A there, theirs. I don't know. I'm tripping. Um, but point is, like, that's so crazy because like we saw the shift of responsibility, the shift of focus. And again, that goes to like serving other people and like. The focus is on you because the people need to be served. The people need to be like, all right, I'm in here, like, and you're serving us. So, like, what are you going to do, Joshua? What's next? And, like, that is a that is weight. That is pressure on you. But it's a good pressure. It's a good way that will, will, like, Joshua already saw all the mistakes his leader did. And he was like, oh, okay, like, now I know what not to do in this season. But he didn't, like, trash his leader. He didn't say it. He just kept on moving forward with it. And, like, and, and yeah, and, and he just carried that momentum forward to the promised land. Or to the uh, sixth ring. <laughs> to the sixth ring. <laughs> sixth ring. Ask you what you got for that on respons- responsibility. Responsibility. Um, I think Matt hit it. Uh, the only thing that I would say is um, when Joshua stepped into it, the way I don't know if it's in the Bible, but pretty much he was like the new Moses. You know, he pretty much was Moses. Uh, he continued the leadership because he was so close to Moses that he pretty much continued the culture almost as far as um, leading the same way because he did the same exact thing. Uh, one thing that Moses did was send out scouts or like, I forgot what they call them, but yeah, yeah, they, scouts. yeah the same thing. Spies, that's the whatever. same thing that uh, what Joshua did with it when they crossed, what, what was it? The, I forgot what it was. Yeah. So he pretty much picked up the, like you're saying, like the good qualities of his leader and then just grew from his mistakes. So I think that was yeah. so cool being able to see that. Like the leadership qualities continuing through the shift in responsibility. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that a little bit when we get to Joshua too. But go ahead, easy. I had this because you you mentioned like the six man part, right? And in this verse, in verse twelve, it says, "But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron." Yeah. Okay. Who struck the rock? <laughs> <clears throat> Here's the funny thing about the sixth man, and this is where I think the, our basketball analogy. Ooh gets a little cons- like it doesn't really work anymore. I wonder if I know where you're going. <laughs> I think you probably do <laughs> because Moses and Aaron you could say are a part of the starting five. 
Right. Right. Yep. Yep. And in spiritual leadership and in leadership within the church, sometimes the people that started a certain thing, like us with this podcast, will probably not be the ones leading it anymore. Exactly. So like our sixth man are the ones that are going to be leading it. Right. But we won't be in charge of it anymore. So it's so funny how usually you would think next man up. Okay. If it's, if it's not the point guard, it's the shooting guard or whoever like the captain is on the team. And then it's the co-captain after that. And it's like, okay, that's the person that's going to be leading next. But God says, nah, Hmm. this starting five, no good. It's not good anymore. Scrap it like (laughs) out done. I'm bringing in jo- uh, Joshua now. Yeah. And like, uh, that's actually, are you, <laughs> go ahead. Are you done or are you finished? Yeah, go ahead. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's really good, bro, because honestly, like the six man, like honestly, to me, one of the greatest, if not the greatest for me, is Ginobili. Yes. And like, bro, that man, Ginobili, hey, shout out to Ginobili. If you're a believer, come on. Anyways, um, and it, oh my goodness, as I picture this, that's crazy that you mentioned that because, yeah, they were part of the starting five. Aaron was part of the starting five, right? And it's crazy because when you're, when you're playing ball, when you're in the starting five, like you, you starting five have a rhythm going on. Yeah. Y'all have like, a, y'all focused and like y'all, don't, like y'all in the game. So you're not in the sideline like the six man is. And the six man is on the sideline watching every movement, yeah. every, every, everything that needs to be fixed, everything that needs to be corrected. The other people in the game, they don't see it. So the six man comes in and he's like, oh, shoot. I know like this is going to be a different momentum. It's a little different. It has the same energy, but a little different because like, I saw their mistakes. I need to, I know I saw the defense being played against them. I saw the offense being played against them. So I need to like do these tweaks in here to be better and keep it consistent and stuff like that. So that's really good. Yeah. I was going to say too, like this is why it's so important with Moses learning that like we're talking about like the dark room phase and how we have we have to be hidden, right? That preparation has to be hidden because that responsibility that we then take on, right? You're not just carrying your own weight. Now you're responsible for more people. You are yes. responsible for, like, especially let's take like a pastor, for example, you know, you're responsible for leading people to God. And like, that's a big, big burden because if you lead people astray, Jesus said it's going to be worse for you at the end than everybody else. And so that's why it's so important that we learn how to be hidden. We learn how to uh, trust God with what he is saying in this time when he, when he does have us hidden, because if we don't, we'll end up like Moses and we will go, we will revert back to our old tendencies in the spotlight now where all Israel is seeing it. Everyone is seeing every little mistake. Think about some big name pastors today, like Stephen Furrick, Michael Todd, Craig Rochelle, like they're under heavy scrutiny and they are under heavy like surveillance. You could even call it because every single little move or like celebrities, right. They're they're They are being judged for every single little thing that basically they say. And so I know you got something to say onto this, but like, so Moses, right. What you were talking about easy is that Moses struck the Egyptian and killed the Egyptian. And then he strikes the rock. What's interesting, well, I, shout out to the Bay, the Bay Ma podcast because this totally changed my perspective on this. When you read about when Moses struck the rock, it says that he placed the Israelite assembly in front of the rock. Okay, so now if Moses is striking the rock, who does he hit first? The Israelite community. Before, when Moses struck the rock the first time and water gushed out, it was God's, it says that God placed his presence in between Moses and the rock. 
because God was like, no, strike me instead, not the people. Like you're not supposed to be lashing out on these people. You're supposed to, you can take it out on me. I will stand in the middle between for these things. I'm getting goosebumps right now. (laughs) But like, so now, and at the end of his life, Moses strikes twice and it's like, he's striking, he's lashing out on the Israelite community because of all the stuff that he's been through with them. All the frustration It's like, that's why responsibility is so key to what we are going through and like the time to develop when God has us in that development season. Yeah. Dang. Were you going to add something on there? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep moving on so we can uh, get through this. Number three, legacy, right? This is not about you. This is not about Moses. This is not, again. This is not about you or you. <laughs> Pointing out the cameras, right? Um, and Numbers 27, 15 to 18 says this. Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community. That's a key. May, may God appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who, in whom this is a spirit of leadership and lay your hand on him. So again, this is just to say like Moses is just, Moses realizes that like someone has to lead these people. Mm-hmm. Someone has to intercede for them on their behalf, basically. So Moses is like, God, Please appoint someone. And God's like, thank you. Like for like. <laughs> Couldn't say it fast enough, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So the importance of, again, making sure even whatever job you have, whatever position you have, making sure that if you're not there, you have a, another shepherd, quote unquote, to take your place. Yeah. That if you're gone for a week or something at your job and you can have someone uh, fulfill your obligations for you. Yeah. In, and that goes beyond, you know, death. It goes beyond like it just for your whole lifetime kind of thing. Okay. Anything to add on to that little last point before we move on to Joshua here? Just, I mean, tying it back to what you said in the beginning that um, he was able to see the promised land. Right. And it's just crazy that even God is still faithful to that leader when they say, you know what? This isn't about me anymore. Yeah. Like I've done all that I can with, with being the one that, you know, started the idea or like started the vision. But like at this point, Lord, like it's just going to require more. And I'm not there. Like that's yeah. not me anymore. And being a leader like Moses to understand that and to say, okay, like I'm going to let it go. It's crazy because God will still show you your vision yeah, being t- done or actually happening. It's just not going to be the way you thought it was. Yeah. You know? And I think actually, Mo- I think it was so important that God did take Moses up there to show him that because it may, it might have led Moses to then believe or to think like, this really is not about me. Yeah. This really is not about it's a bigger picture. It is so much bigger than just me. I think that's, that's a great point. So it's not about you. Not about you. Legacy is never about you. Never Maybe, should be. If never. it is, you need to do some rethinking on that. So <laughs> Joshua. Let's move on to Joshua and learn My from boy him. Joshua. Very interesting for the first for the first point for preparation because it's very similar to Moses. Um, so Joshua, right, is under Moses when Moses is leading. He's learning from him. So what we learn from Joshua for preparation is that being in the shadow of someone else is sometimes the greatest form of preparation because a shadow is the closest thing to the thing it's following. It's always watching, always observing, always learning from that thing. Um, even when Moses was going through the Red Sea with the Israelites, Joshua was there. He's seeing that. And now it's like this sudden, I bet Joshua had a moment where when he gets appointed to lead the Israelites 
and God's like, you're going to take them to the, through the Jordan. And they're probably thinking like, Oh, uh, you're not Moses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, like, wait, we're about to have another parting. So, and that's exactly what happens that, um, it's so very interesting when the Bible talks about how the Jordan river, there's a little sentence in there in all of this, where it says the Jordan river at this, this season was flooding. It was yeah. like, it was overflowing. So it's like, God's like, Oh, actually I have to do this again. I have to part this sea too, like I did for Moses, your predecessor, in order to get you through this as well. And, and like, as soon as the, I think it's the Levites that step into the, the river, the sea, the, the river parts. And so it's just this crazy parallel of how like, okay, like Moses, I'm choosing you to lead the Israelites. How is Moses going to handle this? Compared to Joshua, I'm going to let you lead the Israelites, starting them the same way and then seeing the contrast of how they lead their people. Mm-hmm. No verses for that one, but um, yeah. So being in the shadows. Any thoughts on that, Oscar? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, go for it. Do it. I I got ahead of myself. So go go ahead and repeat what you were saying then. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Hold on, let me get my thought process. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm good. I'm kind of reading it from here. Yeah. Sure. Uh, But with that, though, it's kind of, um, which I like that you said that, though, as far as uh, the Red Sea and and the Jordan. Just because uh, one cool thing that I saw was when Moses got there, um, it talked about like that they were getting close to the sea, uh, like an army, you know, and mm-hmm. that vision itself, I'm like, yo, like God, during this time, you know, with everything that's happening, God's building up an army. Uh, but aside from that, though, um, the picture that he gave me, it was pretty much of Moses, like not wavering because everyone else was like, okay, you brought us this far. Like, what are we going to do now? Like, yeah. Everyone started panicking and Moses stood his ground. He's like, yo, I know you guys are freaking out, but I got to lead. I like, I'm pretty much the one that got entrusted to lead you guys here. And with that, the same, I'm sure the same thing happened with, like you said right now, like, are they going to lead, is God going to lead us through the river, through the sea again? Mm. So I thought it was so cool that we're able to see like the same leadership go across from Moses to, uh, to, uh, Joshua. But yeah, I kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah. Hey, yourselves a little bit. It's all good. Well, it's all good. <laughs> Any other thoughts, real quick, on preparation? Again, very similar to Moses, right? Joshua yeah. had to be under the shadow, had to be under, had he had to submit himself to Moses to learn from him. Matt, Matt I think you kind of touched on that too, Matt, where it's like you can learn from your leaders while supporting them. Like Joshua is supporting Moses, but learning from, from him at the same time. Okay. All right, number two, then responsibility. So Joshua's responsibility. Um, he's supposed to carry the ark, which is, which represents God's covenant with his people. Um, so carry the ark into new places, but let God lead. This is important. This is really, really important because the Israelites and Joshua have never seen anything like this before. They're getting ready to go into a new place. And oftentimes when we get ready to go into new places that we've never seen before, we're like, well, dang, how do I do this? And it's like, you let God lead. So Joshua chapter three, verses three to four says, giving orders to the people, uh, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God and the, Levi- and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. So follow it first. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance of about 2000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Right? So take the ark with you, take God's covenant with you into this new place, but let him lead you into that new place. Thoughts? Anything? 
the bro? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think I was just ahead of my time. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, nah, man. No, I mean, on uh, responsibility, I like that what you said that let the Lord lead. Um, and just let I, that, that's kind of crazy how the Lord was leading, but his presence was also following. I just realized that that's crazy. I don't know what like I'm probably we probably have to do more study on that, but that's why God is like the ultimate leader, man. Because yeah. like in the Holy Spirit with Jesus, because like no seriously, the ultimate <laughs> six man, because God leads from the front, the middle, and the back all at once. All at once. All at once. Yeah. And like we can't do that. Oh, we can't. And it's it's crazy because even though Mo even though Moses is leading from the front and Joshua is technically not named the leader, you know, now he's still leading, but like from the middle or from the back or from the outside or from scouting something. So like he's still leading in some way back in his preparation and his responsibility with what he's given. Yeah. But like it just it's crazy that God is so specific. And I love um what you say here is God's covenant and promise into new places, but let God lead. It's always that question of like, again, what we learned in the building blocks of leadership is that there's always someone above and that that's the person that like you go to and talk to. So at the very tippity top, like Moses or Joshua, when he started leading, who, who are they following? Cause the greatest leader still follows. Oh, definitely. So who does that leader follow? Who does, Mo who did Moses follow? God, who did Joshua follow? God, so like, like little duckies, exactly. You know, you've seen the little duckies following, following yeah, the big duck. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I think. Set what what in that in that preparation, or excuse me, in that responsibility is to really understand what. Do you think? Do you think there's something to when Paul said, like, "Follow me as I follow Jesus"? Yes, that's why, and, and that's correlated to that. Yes, that's that's why he like he's saying like because. I remember my dad telling me every time, especially when I got in, you know, into Hillsong and stuff and started getting into the leadership and stuff. And he would just ask me questions like, well, who, who does that person report to? I'm like, well, I report to them and that person reports to them. And then that person it just goes up and up. And so now it's like, and then he was like, oh, okay, well, and that's when he started telling me, I and mean, this was like years ago too, but he was like, you remember son, like if you're leading something, who are you reporting to? Definitely. Like, if you're leading something, who is it that you're reporting to? If you don't have someone directly above you, like technically Stephen Furtick, who is he reporting to? Obviously, he probably has like some group of people that help him. But like, as a leader, it is so important for our relationship with God to be, I guess, I don't want to say as solid because it never will be like solid enough if you really think about it, but like to, for us to be in that situation to say, okay, Lord, like I know what I have and what I offer, but like you still need to lead me because mm -hmm. if you gave me the responsibility to lead those, how am I going to be able to lead them if I don't even know who I'm following? Yeah. Right. You know?
That's that's crazy. When you were saying that, I don't know why. I don't even know if this even goes together, but I was just the picture of like again basketball, yeah. and like when, like when we see Joshua here, like when you have the ball, then essentially you have the responsibility. When you have the ball in your hands, that's what we think, right? But Josh already had the responsibility even before he had the yeah. title because, and that is moving without the ball. Yeah. And that's what the coaches always tell you yeah. in basketball is like, hey, when you don't have the ball, you can st- you're still playing. Yeah. Like move, move around and make plays. And Joshua set picks, set picks. And Joshua was making plays without the ball. So when he got the ball, he was a start, straight shooter. He was straight shooter. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, okay. And, and see, that's okay. I, again, Ooh. I know we're using Ooh. basketball a lot for this analogy, but like, I think one of the best players off the ball is probably, you know, like either Curry is it's Curry because the man like yeah. he just he doesn't have to have the ball to score points. And yet when he doesn't have the ball and he's on the court, like they they just do so well. Yeah, he's going to be shooting these long threes and insane shots, but like it's the work off the ball that people don't exactly. recognize because exactly. like the amount of times he is running around and just causing havoc for the defense to like cover him because they know how deadly his shot is gives the opportunity for all the other people on his bench to get in a better. Yeah. Yeah. The six man to on. give opportunity to start shooting their shot. And even hold up and, and, and actually, and not only people off the bench, but people with the ball, the leader with yeah. the ball, you know, because like that is leading upwards. That is like taking ownership and, 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 and be like, all right, asking your leader, what can I do for you to make your job easier? Yeah. Instead of having you always ask me or tell me what to do, I'm going to ask you what I can do, or I'm just going to take initiative and do it. You know, like I've already been in this kind of rhythm for a while. So like, I already know that you like me setting the chairs this way. It's just an example. So I'm already do it before you even ask me, like that's already taking something away off of, of their plate. And that's what Steph Curry does when he doesn't have a ball. Like you said, like he takes defenders off of people because he's always moving. Yeah. And essentially it makes it easier for the person with the ball to make a play. So, I mean, be, let's be real. Again, going back into basketball. Shut up, Baba. Let's be real. Whoa. How many shots, the starting five, obviously everyone has their own opinion, but Draymond Green, you think that guy could really get all those shots if it wasn't for Curry getting oh, wow. defenders off of him to double team Curry? Nah. Like, it just, you can't, it can't happen. But like, here's another thing about the way that Curry's leadership on the court all, without the ball and with the ball is so important because. They uh, they do this. I don't know what it's called, but it's like a it's like a like a closing gate kind of pick, where Curry will run right in between two to two oh, okay, of his okay. players, like of his teammates, and they call it like the closing gate or something like that. So basically, two of his players will come together like this, so that way, if he's being double teamed, there's two people there, so he can run through in between Dang. and then take a shot. But see, you don't get that with players like Russell Westbrook. Because he's playing iso ball, isolation ball, which he has all his teammates standing in the corner over there, and he's trying to do everything in his power to be the one to show that he's the leader of the team. Mm. Whereas Curry doesn't have to do that. And willingly, his players, his own teammates, will say, yeah, we'll go ahead and cover you, so that way you can go in between us and have those abilities to take more of those shots. Have a more advantageous position. Exactly. Mm. 
Dang, who would have thought we'd go into a whole basketball analogy? I mean, oh, I love with, it. with the whole series, yes, but like that was good. I was just reading this too. It's like when you were talking about like how Steph Curry will move just constantly, right? Yeah. Like Joshua 3, where it talks about when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and Levitical, Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow oh it. Oh my God. I was just like, oh, that, fit, that fits perfectly well, right there. It's, it's crazy because, again, Steph Curry. He has influenced the NBA in such a way that now the NBA is playing positionless basketball, meaning right. centers obsolete. Doesn't matter if you're a center and you can't shoot. Why are you in the game? Yeah. Cause if this little six foot three guy can make these shots from half court and just like bomb it, there's no need for big men. Like at this point, why don't we have the NBA of like five foot three guys? You know what I'm saying? So, Put me in coach. Put me in coach. Sign us up. Hey. So like, hey. it's crazy because a good leader also knows that even though I'm the point guard, the leader of the team, the one that carries the ball, I'm still positionless because I know how to play all these other positions and be just all over the place. Hey, man. Oh. And as a good leader, knowing to understand that, that's why it's so important for us to know the responsibility, <laughs> to know the responsibility of our job so that we can learn the responsibility of the others to play those, to throw up the defense that we're playing against, our enemy, essentially. So when we're elite, that's why I always said this last year, is like, I always said it last year, like, my, I feel my call into ministry and my area of ministry is like in worship, is in worship and, you know, helping lead worship in any way, whether it's yeah. by playing or singing or whatever the case is. But like, I can't just be a one trick pony for God. Yeah. One trick pony. That's you right. know, like that's why where I'm at now is so helpful because now I know how to play shooting guard and small forward. Exactly. You know, well, again, because what we always talk about is that the foot of the cross is level ground. Yeah. Uh, no position greater than the other. And it's like we all have a position to play. And it's like if there is a weak spot, go someone go fill that position. Yeah. And that's what a good leader does is he identifies weaknesses. And like when like when you watch basketball, they'll give signals, right? They'll yeah. call out plays. They'll signal people to do something. And then they will start executing that yeah. for a more advan advantageous positions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Matt, you sure you don't want to talk about what you were going to say? I don't remember, bro. <laughs> bro, who would have knew basketball would give out this much analogy? So much, like so much biblical stuff in it. All right. And I mean, and exactly what you guys are talking about, too. Going back to number three, legacy. This is not about you. Yeah. And Steph Curry knows this is not about me. Exactly. This is about the bigger picture of the game. <laughs> right it's about the bigger picture it of is. what god's trying to accomplish in his people yeah <laughs> you need this bro <laughs> no that that's good that's good no because i like, honestly like we could get into the mentality of like oh i'm gonna let my my leader do everything i'm gonna, or or i'm gonna try to do everything and like not be a team player and like it's all about iso or by myself you know yeah. and then like then again right there you're just struggling right and then like you're just like like you, you, it, you're trying to make it about you, but at the end, you're not affecting anything. But when you make it not about you, you affect, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, when you don't make it about you, you affect everything. And in return, God honors also, he honors you. 
and he blesses you and he still makes your name known even though yeah even though like i get it like it's all about jesus but jesus has no problem in in also honoring us his children because we reflect his image so he's proud of that you know what i'm saying so it's like that's why like god doesn't care about that he he god is not he's not conscious about like oh is my child getting some credit no like he wants to give us credit too he loves it because we're reflecting him and that's the best way of reflecting our father is by doing the good things of our father you know and like but but anyways yeah take it away coach i hope curry (laughs) (laughs) staff curry tag us or we'll tag you and shout us out um so yeah joshua understands this legacy as well um this is actually going to be a really good turning point and a good place for us to end going to the next episodes um but joshua 24 joshua tells again he realizes this is not about me. He retells a story from Abraham to where they are. And he recounts the things God has done for them through their ancestors. He's, he's reminding the people like, hey, look how much God has done for every single one of us. Look how much, yeah. look at all the people God has used, right? Yeah. This is not end with me, yeah. right? And verse 24, 14, I think kind of sums it up perfectly where Joshua says, now fear the Lord, talking to the, the Israelites. Now fear the Lord, re- revere the Lord, be in awe of him and serve him with all faithfulness. Because that's what it's about. Honoring God, serving him with all faithfulness, like learning from him and letting him lead our lives. But what we're going to learn at the end of Joshua, it's going to say that they set up these 12 stones, right, as, as a memorial. But as time goes on, people forget where they came from. People start to forget. They forget where their story was. They forget that narrative that God's trying to take them on. They, they, have, they stop going back to this place and remembering the things God has done. And we're going to end it there because that's going to lead into some next episodes. (laughs) All right, guys, that time of the episode, we're going to offer a prayer for salvation for anybody who wants to uh, just accept Jesus into their lives and have a new beginning or rededicate themselves. So um, in traditional fashion, I'm going to say this. The Bible talks about so much how, you know, God loved us because he wanted us to have eternal life with him and um, that if we believe in him and uh, just have faith that we will be saved. So I'm going to say this prayer. All y'all repeat after me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my life. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for sending your son. To die for me. To die for me. Be raised again. Be raised again. And give me new life. Give me new life. Today is my new beginning. Today is my new beginning. As I follow you. As I follow you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Woo! That was a loud clap. Y'all, <laughs> pray for Matt and his claps. No, if you guys just made that decision for the first time, we are celebrating with you. You have made the best decision of your life, um, and we want to hear from you. We, we, uh, we're here. We're here. We're here. We're there. We're there. We want to hear from you guys. Um, we'll send you a Bible. We'll pray for you. We will do uh, whatever we can to support you guys and just help you along this journey. So send us an email, connection.podcast3 at gmail.com. Or hit us up in those DMs at Connection Podcast. Chirp and we chirp back. Chirp and we chirp back. That's right. So we don't have Twitter. Not yet. Maybe one day. I don't know. Not really, bro. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram for news now. Yeah, basically. So, um, well, thank you guys for listening. As always, continue to share us by word of mouth or tagging us. like subscribe that i don't i don't know whatever we'll figure out the verbiage we'll figure we'll get more of a structure later on we'll get more fancy have a bigger bigger setup whole space deal all right well guys we hope you enjoyed this episode thank you for tuning in we have we hope you have a great week we love you all
Peace out.